Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Welcome to U.S. Markets Wrap. I'm Sean Cheong. The stocks climb overnight as the market bull built on recent gains, with traders looking ahead to key inflation data next week, as well as the Federal Reserve's latest policy announcement. The S&P traded 0.62% higher, ending the day at 4,293. It's the highest closing level this year. Meanwhile, the Dow Jones Industrial Average added half a percent to close at 33,833, and the Nasdaq Composite climbed 1.02%, closing in at 13,238 points. Joining us today to put these numbers into perspective and more, we have David Langren, founder and chief market strategist from MOTR Capital Management and Research. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, my, my pleasure as well to speak to you. So the S&P 500 is at the highest closing level there, and every sector in the S&P 500 was positive in the last week. That's the first in a long time. We've been stuck at 3,008 to 4,002 since forever. So does this signal a broadening out of the rally, and is, is, is that still in question? Um, it, it, it very well finally signal a broadening out of the rally, but I, I would say like, for instance, people in Japan have, have, have had a difficult, a difficult time smiling because we've been in a bear market for so long. And, and hopefully, you know, this uh, return of a bull market will, will cure a lot of that. But I, I do think that um, when, when, you, when you consider the, the magnitude of news items and, and just the overwhelming anxiety that, that, that comes with, you know, in the U.S. having three of the four largest bank failures in history happening in the last couple of months and the market didn't break down, I think... I think that's something you can't ignore. I think the market kind of is primed to go higher and it's just digesting all these these really negative headlines. And once we get through this, I think we just go higher. And since you mentioned higher, we are about to test 4,003. What do we need to see if this market is to go even higher than that? Uh, well, at this point, the, almost the sole reason that the S&P is up at 4,300 is, is really because of 10 stocks. And uh, it's basically up here for 80% of the gain for the, for the market. So uh, year to date, is, is it, it can be attributed to these 10 stocks. And if you strip out those 10 stocks and just look at the market equally weighted, um, which just, just gives every stock in the index the same chance to impact the, the, the index, you actually have an, uh, a market that's actually unchanged for the year. So there's really what looks to be a really robust, strong bull market beneath the surface is actually we're still kind of stuck back in the um, back in that bear market that started back in 2021 at some point, depending on how you measure it. Mm-hmm. So the, the market is still uh, in many ways still digesting the headlines. So the, a lot like the banking index is still underwater from from when Sil- Silicon Valley went under uh, went under. And so the, the market is still digesting a lot of news. So the, that that bull market that appears to be happening right now on the surface really quite isn't quite doesn't have the support yet from from the the average stock underneath. But that looks that looks like it's starting to change and get better. So once once those two things align, the index in the average stock I think will be off to the races. Ah, and so we've come into 2023 expecting a very hard year with the economy going down. There's a very engaged Fed and so on. How are investor sentiments working out right now based on what we are seeing on the charts? I mean, investor sentiment in many ways, particularly last year, was was as negative as it's ever been. So that's usually the the seeds that get planted in the beginning of a new bull market is when you have everybody really quite bearish. And I I don't really see too much of that uh, having changed despite the recent rally. There's a lot of angst and anxiety over over inflation and the economy and what the Fed is doing. And of course, the the bank failures and and geopolitical risks and everything else. I mean, there's a whole laundry list of things that that the uh, investors point to to keep them out of the market and there's record amounts of cash on the sideline and 
you know, that is, unfortunately, that is the, that, that is what it looks like at the beginning of a new bull market. They say the market climbs a wall of worry <laughs> and then it falls down a slope of hope. And so we're, we're nowhere near the, um, the, the point where investors are hoping and, and, and uh, anxious about markets going higher and excited about it. We're still very much in that, in that doubt stage where people just really don't believe what they see. And, and again, as I said, unfortunately, that's just the way new bull markets start. I'll get back to you on that on the wall of worry again. But let's just talk about like, coming to the year, we saw that many investors were underweight tech stocks. And then now five months on, tech, mm. tech earnings are, surpa- are surpassing growth rates. So how are you reading to all of this? Are investors trying to play catch up here with tech? Well, I mean, I think that the, the flows definitely show that. Um, and and I, I think, you know, that's, it's, it's without question, it's one of the strongest sectors within, within the market. But the, the, the thing with, with the tech sector is that it actually stands to benefit from two significant developments. One is the the uh, legis- well, they're both legislative items that went through Congress recently, but one is to build out the factories and build out construction for factories in, in the United States, and that's just gone vertical. There's been a lot of money being spent on that, and of course, most of these factories are are you know smart factories, so they have a lot of uh, chips and, and, and software in them, so that's, that's a major driver for for the tech sector, and then of course they 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 recently passed the chips bill as well, which is a, which is a chips onshoring bill, and and then throw into the mix AI. I mean, there's just so many things that support the sector that that it's really hard to ignore those fundamental tailwinds. And and it's one thing to have the the perceived fundamental tailwinds um, for us to analyze, but when you see the market behaving in a way that it actually cares about those fundamental tailwinds, you have those two things combined, you have you have a pretty good reason to be overweight tech. So on that note then, so we've had three tech rallies this year. Earlier in Jan, most of the rally came from the worst performance in 2022. Then the second was the rotation of financials into tech. And now it looks like we are in a third uh, rally on the AI boom. Many missed the first two because they did not believe it. Now, this is going to be third time lucky. Why should we believe this rally? It kind of gets back to what you asked earlier and, and, and that is that the, the potential that the market is actually broadening out. It's not... It hasn't yet, but there are a lot of indications that it, that it's starting to do that, which would be which would be a good thing. But you know, the, the notion that the that there's a bubble in AI, I mean, I, I think you can only say that uh, at this stage if you've never been in a bubble before. You've, if you've never invested in a bubble, then then maybe you can say because these things are up so much off the bottom that we're in a bubble. But if you look at a, a simple um, ETF like uh, the BOTZ, um, that ETF is, is still below its 2022 high. That's not a bubble. You know, you, you know, you, when you're in a bubble, you're, you blow past all time highs and you go up 100, 200, 300 percent after that. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I have no idea. But, you know, to, the, the notion that we're in a bubble right now or, or the late stages of a bubble and it's too late to participate by that measure, this is not a bubble. I mean, we're still, you know, almost 40 percent off the highs. And of course, I look at the VIX as well. It looks really fearless. It's below fourteen dollars for most uh, for some part of this week. So, wow, are we really yeah. that fearless? Is it really a time that we should be fearless? You know, it's it's uh, it's funny. The the, the VIX is is uh, as you know, it, it measures volatility, expected volatility in the market, and and the the I think your your uh, your depiction is is, uh, is fair and accurate. But the, the main thing is that the, is that the VIX is not predictive. It's it's uh, descriptive. It's only telling you what what what's what the environment is like. And so when you think about what bull markets are like, bull markets are about confidence and and um, and optimism. 
and bear markets are about fear and anxiety and everything else. And so the one that's a, that's a major distinction between bull market and bear market in terms of how it translates into investor behavior. So when you look at all the, the bear markets in history, that's where you find volatility. And when you look at bull markets, that's where you find lack of volatility. So the fact that the, the VIX index is now down at 14 is descriptive of an environment that's transitioning to a bull market. It's not bearish. Just because it's volatility is low, it does not mean it's bearish. I mean, I can, I can show you charts where we went several years with the VIX below 15 in very strong bull markets. And, and it should be that way because it's supposed to be low volatility in bull markets. You don't get really strong moves upward from the VIX unless you're in a bear market. That's very interesting. And But before we let you go, because we are running out of time, let's just take a look at Apple. So Apple hit a 52-week high sure. earlier in the week, right? The price target was given a, a raise to 220 by Wetbush. That will be 30 times earning, although it had a little bit of a $4 sell-off after the Vision Inc. announcement. So what is your reading here? Is the market ahead of itself here at 30 times earning? Is fundamentals not important anymore? Um, to be quite honest, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't really weigh valuation too much in my decision-making process because what history shows is that that stocks that that are that people may perceive to be expensive they continue to go higher until the actual fundamentals deteriorate and so that's the conundrum is is that is that when you it's always it's always true that you get what you pay for and so if you have a stock that has strong fundamentals and the fundamentals are, are getting better than what the, the street expected, the valuation doesn't really matter that much because what the market's looking forward to is better fundamentals than what the, what the uh, investors perceive. And so the, market, the stock actually doesn't look at, isn't as expensive as it looks because the market's looking forward to fundamentals that are actually better than expected. And it's not until the market starts to, to um, identify trends in the future that, are, that, are, that indicate that the fundamentals are deteriorating for that otherwise expensive stock that the valuation then comes into play and then it matters. So in, until the way, you know, I'm a, I'm a trend following investor. I care greatly about fundamentals, but what I really care about is the market's opinion. And that opinion is expressed every single day for everybody to see in the form of trend. And as long as these trends are positive, I just, I consider, continue to believe that that's the market's view that the fundamentals are fine. And, um, and that's really what I care about is the market's opinion. You know, the market's the best fundamental analyst on the planet. That's why it's so hard to beat. Yeah. So I just spend my time listening to the market as much as I can. So Apple at 30 times earnings, that's food for thought. Thank you so much for your insights today, David. David. Absolutely, my pleasure. And we've been speaking with David Langren, the founder and chief market strategist of MOTR Capital Management and Research. I'm Sean Cheong and this is Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.